Oh. 
the world was caught in a web of tensions. It had been 400 years since the nation Israel had heard from their God. And it was creating tension. There were tensions between nations, rulers, and empires. Tensions between the haves and the have-nots, the privileged and the underprivileged, the tax collectors and the taxed, the religious and the unreligious. The entire world was under tension. Enter the king of tension. Yes, he's the prince of peace. At peace he offers, but he's also the king of tension. Think about it. Herod is king, but his rule is under constant threat. And now, a new tension when he hears about the coming king, the real king. The one chosen to rule Israel. Herod buckles under the tension. Unleashing the wrath of an army, he kills firstborn sons in a rabid rage of tension. As for this Jesus, he's not found. And that creates more tension. All his life there have been tensions. Like after going missing for three days as a 12-year-old, which creates lots of tension for parents, Jesus explains, didn't you know that I'd be in my father's house? But all that does is heighten the deeper tension that Joseph and Mary already feel. This is no ordinary child. This is is intense. The wedding at Cana had a tense moment when they ran out of wine. And he resolved that, but that creates an even bigger tension. Who is this guy that can change water into excellent wine? From the minute the forerunner, John the Baptist, announced his ministry, tensions rose. James John, Andrew, Peter step into attention when they leave the family business and all they know to follow this controversial rabbi named Jesus. In other cases, following a rabbi who'd been endorsed by the Pharisees would have been acceptable and even honorable. But to follow a questionable wanderer created significant tension. Nicodemus knew those tensions. He'd watch from a distance. He knew that this Jesus was calling for an answer. Who do you say I am? Messiah or madman? God incarnate or demon? The truth or a lie? So Nicodemus slips into the night to have a tense but private conversation. What transpires creates still more tension in the mind of Nicodemus. And he leaves on the heels of a challenging question. 
you are Israel's teacher and you don't understand these things? More troubling still is that the rabbi doesn't rebuke or mock him for his lack of knowledge. Instead, his questions seem to have an incredible manner about them that draws you towards him as if he is the answer to all your questions. Perhaps this is the greatest tension. He tells you the plain truth, and you love him for it. But not everyone does. There's mounting tensions among the supposed rulers of this land. Some say he's mad. Others say he's Messiah. Still others say he'll fade away. But then the tensions go public. And Jesus answers their accusations with brain-numbing clarity. Like the one day in a tension-filled moment, an apparently adulterous woman is brought here before Jesus. The Pharisees would like him to settle the tension by delivering a command. Stone her or condone her. You could cut the tension with a knife. Jesus, the king of tension, calmly doodles in the sand. Almost as if testing their ability to stand up under the heat of this tense moment. Then, Jesus arises and announces, Let him who has no sin, cast the first stone. The tension of people posing as holier than thou cracks. They drop their stones, they run for cover, fleeing the intensity of this light and its tension until it's just the woman and Jesus. Asking her where her accusers are, she affirms, They're gone. Jesus looks into her eyes, declaring, Neither do I condemn you. She relaxes. Then, Jesus issues a final command. Go and sin no more. Hmm. More tension. No one knew tension better than his students. Storms rage, seeming indifference is awakened, and the storms are immediately quieted. One tension resolved, bigger tension raised. Who is this that even the wind and the water obey him? Thousands are fed from a small boy's meal, tension solved. But more created when the crowds assert their wishes to install him as their king. The king of tension cuts through their flaring demands, creating still more Attention. Just what kind of king is he? But nothing approached the tension of these days. The religious leaders have stooped to colluding with Roman politicians, all in an effort to quell these tensions. The disciples experience intense confusion over what he's saying and how he's moving. The Passover meal grows tense. Arguments erupt. The walk into a favorite garden produces crushing tension for the master. And he literally bleeds under the weight of all these tensions. 
One tension leads to another. He's accosted by an army and a traitor. He's ushered into a tension-filled trial, all surging towards the rabid demand of politicians, religious leaders, and even the ones he taught. He fed. He healed. They demand not his arrest, not his correction, but his death. Remarkably, Jesus doesn't address those tensions. He leaves questions unanswered and false accusations to live. Tensions escalate. Why won't he speak? If he is the truth, then tell them the truth. It's a troubling tension. But he's the king of tension. One leader tries to bring an end to it all by beating him mercilessly. But the tension only grows. Like a swirling storm that consumes everything in its path, these people shoot over the possible exchange of prisoners with a resounding, intense demand, screaming, crucify him. It's unbelievably tense. He's condemned to death on a cross. This man who healed the sick Welcome the outcast, offered mercy to the sinner, is now assigned to die in between two common thieves? Yet another tension he sits in. One would think the tensions would end now, mercifully, but they don't. They continue to mount. The two thieves on either side of him argue about who he is. Huh, still tension about that. One settles his tension by writing Jesus off. The other discovers the peace he sought all of his life by simply offering Jesus his tension. Will you remember me when you enter your kingdom? The atmosphere is thick with tension. It appears all of creation is heaving under the immense weight of these tensions. The sun grows dim. Darkness engulfs the sky. Yet in this tension, a light shines. Of all people, a Roman soldier seems to see it first. He recognizes hanging here between heaven and earth is this God-man. These aren't his crimes he's paying for. They're ours. The tension he's bearing isn't his It belongs to us. It's our waywardness, our selfishness, our pride. All those tensions we can't solve or shake. The greatest one being the uncrossable chasm between us and God. He's putting himself right in the middle of that. A soldier can only mutter an awe-filled, surely this man is the Son of God. And then, with three giant words, the king of tension announces, it is finished. And for the first time, since the beginning of time, that great tension between creator and created, maker and made, is closed. And the king of tension has now also become our Prince of Peace.
Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you're the king of tension. You're right in the middle of it, always. In the midst of this place, in the midst of this space, in the midst of this day that we remember that you triumphed as king of tension and became our prince of peace. Let us worship with all of our heart, with all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. Amen. Oh
For me, for me. 